Welcome to the Small Scale Life Podcast. This is Season 1, Episode 10. In this episode, I talk about podcasting and urban farming with Drew Sample. Drew is a host of the Sample Hour Podcast and owner of Capital City Gardens in Columbus, Ohio. Inspired by Joe Rogan, Drew started his podcast based on stand-up comedy. After his lifelong friend came back from the military and got into farming and permaculture, Drew moved away from the comedy scene and focused on urban farming and permaculture topics. Drew has a weekly show with Scott Hebert where they discuss progress on their urban farms. In addition, Drew has interviewed well-known names in the permaculture and urban gardening world, including Curtis Stone, Jean-Martin Fortier, Jack Spirko, Diego Footer, Paul Wheaton, Matt Powers, and Grant Schultz. This was a fun and interesting podcast, and I enjoyed talking with Drew. I hope you enjoy this podcast, and perhaps you will be inspired to be the hero in your own world as well. Right, this is Tom from the Small Scale Life Podcast, and I would like to welcome Drew Sample from the Sample Hour blog and podcast. Welcome to the show, Drew. Thank you, sir. I appreciate being a guest. It's an honor. Yeah, it's great to have you on board. Um, I am really happy that you're here. I want to learn all about you and your urban farming operation and also about your podcast. found out about you from uh, Scott Hebert and just had a recent interview with him. And, of course, we had to get you on, too. You're part of the dynamic duel for the Sample Hour podcast. (laughs) Yeah. So I would be – we would love to hear all about you. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, So my name is Drew Sample. I am the host of the Sample Hour. I am a bit of a serial entrepreneur. I like that. Yeah. Well, (laughs) it's it's cool and it's not cool. So, uh, yeah, so a few years back, back in 2012, I was supposed to start at the job that I was at now. And okay. I, and uh, I actually failed my background check because I. Oh no. Well, so I, at the time, like I, I, I'd, I'd been through like some, kind of some stuff in my life, and I was sure. really depressed, and sure. so I was drinking a lot, and I'd gotten like a DUI, oh, and nice. I was so worried about that DUI that I forgot that I had this public urination in my record. Oh. So uh, it was nice disorderly conduct. I'm not a sex offender, so yeah. just so everyone knows that that's it's different. Wasn't mm-hmm. at a church or a school. So anyways. <laughs> well, this is a first for the Small Scale Life podcast. We have, you know, urination in public. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, in reality, it we should all, things happen, man. We should all be peeing in our yards anyways. It's way better for your yard in reality. Right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so basically. So you had some life experiences. I had some life experiences. Yes. And so basically what happened was. Two things that I really knew I needed to focus on, and one was loving myself, and the sure. other one was getting outside more. And it took me a really long time to figure out what getting outside more was. So when I originally had started the podcast and everything else like that, um, it was really because I was a big fan of Joe Rogan's podcast. Like that was okay. like the, the first podcast I'd ever really listened to was like an MMA one, and then it was uh, Joe Rogan's podcast. So I was just really into it. Um, I, I'd been listening to a lot of Alex Jones and really was just like, God, this is so depressing. But I like people talking about like this freedom stuff. Right. But I don't like all the depressing stuff. And so Rogan had this really good spin on it. And Rogan was really all about, you know, be the hero in your own world. 
mm. and everything like that. He always had his, his comic friends on. And then um, actually it went to like his producer and another comic had come in. And and then, you know, fast forward because it's a, it's a long story. We, we started throwing these parties. So my um, one of my good friends now, we th- he threw this big Death Squad Ohio parties, what we called it. So, oh my! And uh, well, that was like a, a thing when you were mm-hmm. one of the original JRE fans. It was something that you know, Death Squad fans. That was all it was about. Sure. Now it's kind of changed. And so from there, we started we started doing we started promoting comedy shows and everything oh, else like that. So then, before farming, when I first started the podcast, though, uh, my partner now Joel who's really like helped me out and influenced me and I've we've I've done the same to him like we've been friends since I was like 13 and he was 12 he was in the military and he came back and just was talking about urban farming and he saw this sure. guy Will Allen who was growing all this food in uh in Wisconsin mm. um doing aquaponics and doing all this vertical gardening that's not far away from me <laughs> yeah yeah I don't know if you've heard of growing power if you've ever checked them out Tom no okay so yeah so check out Will Allen um, okay, and so it's it's called Growing Power, and it's it's a big aquaponics system. I'm not personally, I feel like aquaponics is really expensive. Yes, I, I agree. And I feel like you can grow. I mean, I I, I prefer other methods on growing a lot of food. And mm-hmm. um, Joel was also really into like Joel Salatin and just learning about his food. And sure. um, and I and I'd been down the same path. Like I I remember I watched Food Food Inc. and Seeing Joel Salatin and Food Inc. and just him being such like a a, a captivating human being and just kind of yep. like stood out in that whole documentary, and I'm like, whoa! So there's like a good way that you could raise food. This mm-hmm. is this is mind boggling. And um, so fast forward when I was done with the comedy, like we basically we opened up this comedy club in Toronto. It's like in downtown Toronto. And that was like mainly what I'd been focusing on. And then I I focused a lot on uh, like decentralization and voluntarism. And my podcast was kind of doing that thing. And then uh, when I was moving into my house, I was just like, I I was always like a fan of grow food, not lawns. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I was like, you know, I need to hit up Joel. I know he's been doing farming um for these last couple of years when i've been focused on comedy you know i think it's time like now that i'm not like now that i have some money again because i was in i was in rough shape financially for a little bit just because i was sure in between good gigs and yeah. uh and joel before i even had a chance to hit me up and said hey we're gonna go really hard this year with with farming i could really use your help with you know online stuff and the farmer's market too if you'd be willing and i said hey man you know I was just about to hit you up. Like I'm getting this house in North Linden and I want to turn the whole backyard into, into a farm. So this must've been within the last year or so. Yeah. Yeah. So this was, uh, this was last. So I turned, it was right before I turned 30. Okay. And on my 30th birthday, we met for dinner and he was just kind of breaking down like all the ways you can make money or all different ways you could make money, small scale farming. Like, you know, if you're really good at compost, you could, you could be a compost farmer or worms. You can sell worms. You could do so much different stuff. But, you know, he really wanted to raise animals and sell vegetables. And we had, like, uh, I had started eating healthy previously and was like, man, this food quality in the grocery store really sucks. Like, I really started yeah. learning about cooking fresh food and using and, like, making my own salad dressings and everything because I was like, I need to lose some weight and, and mm-hmm. start taking care of myself like I'm 30 now. And... 
Trust me, I'm 43. I'm doing the same thing, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so he said, um, you know, you need to read uh, Jean-Martin Fortier's book. Yes. And uh, Great so, book. so I bought that book immediately and I read it and I uh, invited JM on the podcast. And then JM um, and like he, Joel also said, check out uh, Ron Finley and all these other people. And then JM, um, he had pointed me in the direction of Curtis. And so, oh, wait a minute, did you get John JM on the podcast? Yeah, JM's been on a couple times. JM, just, are you kidding me? No, JM just did his last podcast with me at PV3 saying. Oh, yeah, why yeah. he's not going to be doing podcasts anymore for a while. Oh, yeah, of course. Like, when I get going, he doesn't want to. <laughs> he wants to <laughs> well, he's farm. got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, so. and he explains it, too. Like, JM isn't, like, a, a rock star type like Curtis is. Like, Curtis is Curtis yeah. is literally a musician and a rock star. Like, I mean. Yeah, I know can, he is. <laughs> yeah, like, Curtis is, like, a really damn good musician. Like, he's a, he's, like, a classically, I mean, he went to school for music composition. Like, he's a pretty well-trained um musician and like curtis isn't afraid of the scene curtis knows how to own it and jam just wants to be a farmer like jam is the only mm. dude he doesn't promote anything he does like he had that's true he, he said he had a really good uh pr person that said you know you're the rock star of small-scale farming or the rock star of this and that was how his book was really marketed and it was you know six-figure Six figure farming and, and yes. like just on a small scale. And so there was a lot of good marketing behind his book. And then his book was really good because, I mean, if, if anybody hasn't read The Market Gardener, like that's, that's a must read book. Um, in my opinion, the probably that, uh, Curtis Stone's book and The Lean Farm. Um, yeah, I've got, yep. And I've, I've read the two and I totally agree with you. Lean Farm just got that. <clears throat> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> going to read that too so those yeah you are spot on with those with the first two and i'll get into the third the third one so yes I agree with you totally yeah thank you uh and so um so he, he trying to introduce me to curtis and like one thing though is like i was kind of nervous about doing it and jam's just like you know man you're doing it like that's what you're supposed to do you're going to start a farm you're going to make mistakes and you know just learn and enjoy it like you're doing <laughs> it and it was like, yeah, you know, I am. And I, and I felt and it felt weird. So but I got started super late because I think I moved in in April and I didn't start to build my beds until um, it would be this time last year. So, OK. And so I, you know, seeds are like everything's already planted at my house. I'm sure it's already planted at your house. Mm -hmm. And like so I'm waiting. And so this is like my first year of really doing um, small scale farming, like really intensely. And so, uh, so for that, like what happened then, like I talked to JM and then a group of us, like we're all going to start kind of doing this. And we had these ideas, we were going to get these public lots through the city. So I got my public lot, uh, my friend, um, Trip Berg, uh, he did, he got his, his public lots and it, it really wasn't working out. Like, you know, it sounds really good on paper that, Sure, and it's and it sounded like and honestly, like when I was first starting, I kind of had this idea of like, man, I want to be this social justice warrior, and I want to <laughs> want to grow food because. It's Wait a, a minute, desert. you listened to Alex Jones, and you were going to go down the SJW uh, well, pathway. Come on, man! <laughs> I know, I know. So, so it's like it's funny because it was like it was just about food. Like I was like, yeah, man, people yeah. don't have an appreciation. That's how I could really help the community and everything. Yes. Like have this community garden, and I had this idea that I. 
mm-hmm. be in the garden with kids in the neighborhood and I'd be oh, teaching yeah, yeah. all this stuff. And then, you know, I got this, this, like I was working on my, my backyard. Then I would start working on this public lot and this public lot, it like, I, I, it wasn't really good. So it was shaded r- weird and everything. And I didn't really know how to build beds. The soil was terrible. And it was like, man, what do I do here? Did um, you have access to water on it? I mean, that's one of the things I've been thinking about is, okay, there's public yeah. lots all over the Twin Cities, Minneapolis, St. Paul, where I'm at. But is there water? Is there some kind of utility for power? I mean, are there those amenities? Do you have that there on that lot? Did you have that? Oh, I still have the lot. No, I don't. So, um, oh, okay. So I think what I'm going to do now, I'm not really 100% sure. I think I'm just going to keep putting wood chips on it. Okay. And uh, maybe just plant some perennials. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a, I, I just got a nice hookup. There's a guy down the street from me who's got a, a tree company, and they, they're, they're working all the time, and they have wood chips, and they have to pay to dump their wood chips. And he said, just sure. let me know when I want to load, and he'll dump his whole truck full. So I'll probably do it within the next couple of weeks. But, sure, sure. Um, yeah, build up the soil there. Yeah, you bet. Pretty much, yeah. But um, so I saw like so I, I we started watching. So you know we read I read JM's book and then I watched this uh, movie Back to Eden or yes. you know the Garden movie where the guy just talks about Jesus the whole time. But besides well, it, it's that, a, it's a movement, you know, more yeah. naturalist type movement. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But like his gardening is really good, and and I don't know if you watch the like the the filmmakers had nothing have nothing to do with. Uh, that guy, which a lot of people don't know, like they just like those other farms that they showed the back to Eden Gardens, like where it was like in the church and then they didn't actually put put it in the soil or anything. And they were still learning. They had like the newspaper down and all that stuff. Um, They're not connected to that guy at all. And now that guy can't even walk. And all he uses is chicken manure. He doesn't even use huh. wood chips anymore, which... Interesting. Yeah, like, I, because I, we, we started, like, he's a good gardener, man. Like, he's not a market gardener, but he knows mm-hmm. a lot about building soil. And he's... Yeah, yeah. He's a pretty impressive gardener. So, um, but anyways, so uh, we started, basically, Joel already had some plots of land going. And so last year, we got mine... I just wanted to get everything built. We put some seeds in the ground. Like I grew some cucumbers, zucchini. Uh, I grew some radishes that uh, I didn't really water it properly at first, and my radishes ter- didn't weren't really radishing. And then hmm. then I got it figured out. I just oh, you got to water it. So I'd gotten sure. really into into permaculture, and um, I kind of got really caught up in the techniques. Like I became obsessed with culture. Because I'd, okay. I'd gotten this Paul Wheaton, um, uh, world like world domination DVD, which is actually really entertaining. And then I'd also watched Inhabit, which is a great intro to permaculture documentary. Sure. And uh, so I I kind of lost focus of the farming aspect of it. Like you know, like I there's because a lot of times with permaculture, you know, it it is a different method. Like you could mm-hmm. do some really cool things with perennials, and I still plan to. But I think, you know, when you ignore your annual vegetables, you're kind of ignoring immediate cash flow. Yes, and, true. And so I'd, I'd been going down and uh, I had Curtis Stone on the podcast then and like because JM had recommended me to, to do it. But I didn't hear anything from Curtis because I know he was he was really busy because it was like this time last year. So I'm sure. Oh, sure, sure. And so he then um, was finishing writing his book. We rescheduled. 
And then him and I talked for like five hours. Um, we talked like four hours after the podcast and just really picked his brain about a lot of stuff. And then I ended up just, just over Skype. He had five yeah. hours to give. We no were, kidding. Yeah. We were just having a good time talking. Um, oh my gosh. He's a big val- voluntarist too. And, uh, him and I just kind of meet, like, I don't know, we, we were just talking about similar stuff and, uh, we just kind of went down these rabbit holes and hung yeah. out. And, uh, so I, I ended up, we'd really started listening to Joel and I were really listening to Diego's podcast with him, you know, the urban farmer, you know, season one yep. Yep. and permaculture just, voices, yeah. permaculture voices. Yeah. And we were just, he's just so dialed in. And so we, you know, so I signed up for his course um, really started focusing on his methods because it was really, you know, because JM's methods are are awesome and they're very mm-hmm. similar, but JM is, you know, his design is for an acre. Like his design right. isn't for a backyard and some, some smaller plots around town. Right. And, and so, you know, our first season, we started to, you know, we were growing greens and our first week, like we made like 500 bucks at the farmer's market. And we we're like, whoa, well, this is awesome. Like, just wait till we get the rest of our crops. Right. And, and then we realized that that was because we were the only, we were the first to have salad. We had this Mizuna mix and it tasted really good. We had kale. But then like most people were just buying kale and Mizuna or kale and um, the salad mix. And we had some different heads of lettuce. And so like. We had this idea in that first year we we made money, but nobody was making a living. Nobody was going to be able to quit their job. Got it. And and so we we decided this year to really focus more on uh, salad greens. Um, I was just really focusing on you know what Curtis talked about, but Joel now he's like a, he he is now a like a farmer for Russian. So we have like lots of plots of land um, to work on. We have. A, really good access to chefs now like we've been hustling uh harvesting ramps which do you guys have i'm sure you guys have ramps in minnesota you know what we nobody talks we might have them nobody talks about them and i've lived in minnesota most of my life and wisconsin i mean we got morel mushrooms but in wisconsin but not i don't i don't think we have ramps and i know you guys talked about it in your last podcast or so you've got a special hidey hole (laughs) yeah oh yeah like it's great and actually um some uh um pheasant back mushrooms started started going there too so joel's been grabbing those um but yeah so ramps are are delicious so they're like wild leeks and uh and you if you saw them like people are going to be hip to it because i'm I'm sh- I'm pretty sure you guys do because uh sure we do too. Because I talked to this guy, I don't know if your friends a little John on Facebook, but he's a big forager and he's no. in like Sheboygan. Um Oh yeah, yeah Sheboygan. Yeah, little John, he's super cool guy. But um he he was very familiar with it. I a lot of times people overharvest and well, that's with any foraging, but so but mm-hmm. anyways, we've built this good relationship. Um and uh yeah, so I think in a nutshell, I've just been kind of talking a lot, but really just trying to That's tell okay. the story. But yeah, it, so right now, our biggest focus, like my goal, like what I've said with Scott and Scott's is too, is I just want to make an extra 20, if I can make $30,000 out of my backyard um, just through this high crop rotation system, that yep. would be amazing. And mm-hmm. And I think it is possible. I don't know if I'm going to do it. The first year because I'm still learning a whole lot. Like I, yeah, yeah. I messed up a lot of stuff. I messed up uh, getting my microgreens going last week because I hadn't done it in a while, and I mm-hmm. decided that I didn't need to look at the course that I'd paid for to reference it. I, 
I'll go <laughs> off my memory. And then I was like, oh, you're not supposed to soak radish seeds. Um, <laughs> and then I didn't weigh anything out. I just eyeballed it. And it was just a big fiasco. So I just wasted a bunch of seed and soil. But it was a good learning experience. So. Well, and that's and that's part of it. Yeah. Scott and I talked about that too recently and you know that's the way you learn is to make mistakes and it's the best teacher sometimes and slowing down and taking your time to do things is is always key you know Absolutely and I've certainly made my mistakes too I'm not perfect but I'm not afraid to try you know Absolutely yeah yeah so but I'm I'm I'm, I'm excited the first farmers market um is Labor Day weekend and yeah, so cool. I should have everything ready Oh I do need to get oh, my insurance yeah. I just realized that I haven't gotten my insurance yet, so I need. To hey, you've that. been talking about that for two weeks now on your podcast. I know, uh, yeah. The uh, last <laughs> week, our four twenty two podcast, <laughs> episode <Yeah>. six. <laughs> so it's something. I mean, I'm always trying to remember because I'm always managing stuff. Like I have a full time job, yep. um, and you do too. So you you know the pain. I know. Mm-hmm. And uh, but you know, I have a lot of help. Like I, I'm I'm pretty yeah. lucky, but. Uh, yeah, so this is the first year, so I got to file for the LLC. So this gives me something else to do. So I already have the web domains. To me, your web domains are way more important because you can always do a DBA. Um, yes, but yeah. So my business. What, what, what is the name of your farm? Just out of curiosity. So you've got, you've got the sample or blog and podcast, but yeah. you haven't mentioned the farm yet. Yeah, so the farm is uh, Capital City Gardens. So we're oh. Columbus, Ohio. So a lot of businesses are Capital City. And, you know, I thought Cap City Gardens, Capital City Gardens, like that's going to be, it's a good name. Um, And it's partnered with Heirloom Produce. Heirloom Produce is Joel's business. So we don't have um, worker, we don't really have worker, uh, uh, what's it called? Co-ops like they do in Canada. Mm. I know like Chris Throw and Daniel Breezeball, like they both are in worker co-ops. Sure. So so we're doing something similar. It's just, you know, we're just going to wholesale to each other's businesses. Okay. And then, you know, we sell for whatever profit, but we'll figure it out. Like Joel, Joel and I are, are we're pretty, we're pretty fair with each other. And, and we, I mean, my, my location right now is kind of like the central hub just because of the hoop house. So, sure. oh, you've, oh, that's right. You do have the hoop house. Yeah. That's so, right. so that was something I didn't say because I was ta- just blabbering on about other stuff. So <laughs> but I, we're getting into it. It's all right. Yeah. I mean, this is all stream of consciousness and, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, we're, we're just, getting to it. So. I'm just joking around. Uh, yeah. So my whole backyard, I thought I could farm, and I was really looking forward to because I could make pretty good. Like it's a pretty decent sized backyard, and I, I and, keep going. And the other thing is your renter too. That's, yeah. That's an interesting thing because so am I. I've got just a small little garden in the back. I'm not doing any urban gardening and stuff, but like you. I just kind of did it. It had a big mess, yeah. and I just kind of did it. And I think you're the same, right? It was kind of, uh, and you just went yeah. in and did it. And your landlord is cool, and <laughs> so my yeah, my landlord thinks he can regrass it, but I don't know if he can with all the wood chips I laid down. So oh, <laughs> we won't talk about. Well, that. he's all right. Him and I are we're good friends. Um, okay. So my my friend actually owns this house, and he actually okay. it was abandoned for seven years, and he uh, only paid like six grand for it. And then he put like another ten into it, and here's nice. my house. Sure. So it, it's it's not expensive to live here. It was a rougher neighborhood when I moved in, but it's mm. been all the hipsters haven't moved in yet, but mm. they're going to be. I'm going to say within the next three years, there'll be a that's, bunch a bunch more hipsters. That's insta market, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when I first 
came to see the house, it was like we it was just covered in snow. Um, the whole backyard, there was this pile of rubble. Because in my neighborhood, like everything that's abandoned house, people treat them as like just public landfills. Um, yeah. my, my my lot uh, was still like people just even though like I tried to do a lot of gardening in it last year, but it was really it was a painful process working with the city. I uh, it's still a public landfill now. Like I haven't gone over and cleaned it up yet because I'm just. I, I have more and more important things to focus on at my spot and also I've been nursing this injury. And um, so what happened? Um, yeah, so when the snow melted, I realized that half of my yard was actually blacktop. Like I think at one point in time, oh my. they had a, a basketball hoop. So wow. I couldn't grow. So at first I thought, well, I'll just tear up the blacktop. Um, Ooh, that's a big job. Yeah, and I was like, man, I don't own this house. Why would I do that? And... And then I thought, well, I'll just do like a, you know, put down cardboard and lay soil over it. And I was like, man, mm-hmm. that's that's a lot of work, too. And I don't own this house. And I've already, like, cut down all the trees and I've <laughs> stunned everything, like, to make everything I needed. And I was like, you know, what else could I put here? And then Joel was really pushing for this hoop house. And he's like, you know, okay. we, could, we could do starts in it and everything. So then I just started looking for a hoop house. And then I just decided to pull the trigger on one because uh, it was like only five hundred bucks, and it's uh, seven feet, seven and a half, half feet tall, thirty feet long, and I think uh, I forget how wide it is. I think it's like six feet wide or a little bit. It's actually probably bigger than that. But um, yeah, so I got stuff going in there, and I'm gonna grow tomatoes and pots in it, and we have a bunch of starts, and I got uh, chestnut trees in there that wow. I got from Grant Schultz, and I've sold. I've sold a few of them, and I'm using a lot of them for trading purposes. So, sure, just trading for some other genetics. Uh, I'm actually, so I, I've sent uh, my friend. Uh, I've, I've just sent some friends some trees as well. So yeah, so that's it's everything's really starting to come together. I have to. I had some tree stumps because I cut down these two trees last year, and I didn't. Uh-huh. I didn't get the stumps out, and I just covered them with tarps, hoping that that would kill them. But it killed no. one of them. But really? I, I still, yeah, but I still need to grind out the stumps. So mm. I got the uh, stump grinder and running a chainsaw and just went to work on them. And now I just need to retill those areas. And uh, the closer to my house, I need to till. And then I'm just going to lay down some more compost and wood chips. And just that's pretty much it. That's what I'm, that's what I'm so going to be focusing on. Yeah. So that's I'm the big good. difference between your soil in an urban area and, and Scott's soil where he's in that alluvial plain, you know, or the, the old um, riverbed where it's very rich soil. You're having to amend yours and get that, you know, get some compost in, get some good yeah. nutrients in the soil because it's, it's urban. It's so, yeah. So surprisingly, rugged. my backyard is actually really good. Because, oh, really? Good. Because it was weeds for years. And then um, when the house is abandoned, the guys across the street actually use my my yard as a garden. So they use huh. my backyard already as a garden, just not as big. So there was, I mean, I probably cut down seven trees. Oh, yeah. But they, they had, I mean, um, they had it as a garden. So my soil is actually not too bad. I just like to, I mean, I always like to add to the soil. I think, you know, JM's really big on um, building your soil. Um, like you, you know, your soil's a living organism and you have to oh, yeah. love it and treat it good. Um, Scott's though, uh, Scott's looks really good, man. Scott's just put a ton of work in his farm. Yeah, I know. It's, it's I know. inspiring. 
<laughs> it is. It really is. And even for somebody like me who has just raised beds and I manufactured my own because the soil here is, again, urban area and, so, well, first ring suburb, but, you know, I, it's clay and nasty stuff. And um, I just built my own. But it's it's like I told the kids uh, for Earth Day presentations that I went to and gave. Um, the soil is the basic component. It's one of the big ones. And if you don't have good soil, you're, you're in trouble. And, uh, yeah, even Curtis, he adds the, uh, the turkey manure to the dried turkey manure to his soil to get it, to get it going too. It, it's just good to add that nutrient. So, yeah, yeah, no, it's always good to, because it, it's good to build, just, just build in that soil. And also, um, we always stack the wood chips on the side mm-hmm. and JM, uh, that's what he's doing now at that big property, and we felt pretty cool because we mixed, we put the, we started putting the wood chips in the walkways because of watching, you know, Gaia's Garden or whatever it was. Sure, back to back to Eden. So it felt really cool hearing JM say he was doing that. It's like, man, we're we're ahead of the curve. We were you're ahead of the curve. That. All yeah. right. <laughs> so well, and it's such a big project that he's taking on now. You've got to figure out a way to do it cheaply or economically. I mean, if you tarp all your walkways too with landscape fabric. Oh my God, you'd go broke doing it. You know, you got to figure out a different way, you know? Well, and the only reason why Curtis does it that way is because he doesn't own his land. Um, right. So, and because it's a lot of work now for me, like I had some, I had free access to wood chips and it wasn't sure. my, my areas aren't that much. I actually, I, I need to actually get another wood chipper in here to chip more wood, like for the rest of the trees I'd cut down. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like I don't know, I I, I get kind of hippie-ish, and I'm like, man, I, you know, I want to take the trees that I cut down here and use those as wood chips at least, and give it back to the soil. Um, right. It, you don't have a wood burning stove or anything like that, or fireplace? No. Well, it looks like I had a fireplace, but it's been it's been bricked up years ago. Ah, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, we burned some of it uh, when uh, not too long ago. But I don't know. I'd I'd rather just I have fun with a wood chipper, and I need wood chips anyways. Sure. Um. So I figured I might as well do that. Um. But uh. But yeah. So that's uh. That's the farm. Um. In five years, I'd like to have this down pat. Like I'd like to be. Oh, yeah. Right now, I still lean on Joel quite a bit because he's got more experience and like you know, like I said, we do help each other out, but. Mm-hmm. Um. You know he's 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 a lot more experienced and and I think sometimes I'm I'm kind of a wuss about stuff and all I need is him to call me a wuss and just be there with me and then I'm fine. Be that uh, nice uh, steel toe in the in the backside to get you moving, huh? <laughs> sometimes I mean not always. I think sometimes yeah. I just need my handheld to get started and right. then I'm and then I'm good to go. Um, I right. even did that with a podcast. So when I started, you know. My podcast, like I, sure. my friend Izzy Rock started one, and I was like, "Hey, you know, I just want some accountability, like you know, and I'll do it, like you know." And and so, but so yeah, so in five years, I'd ideally like to either have my own place and do this and be doing this full time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's going to be here. If I do find a special lady, and you know, we want to start a family, I have a sure. lot of access to land in Youngstown. Um, okay. So I might move up there too because it's like I can get a house with a couple acres for like fifteen grand. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, kind wow. of a crappier area, but I'm not really worried about that. That's no, isn't that? Man, the price differences are amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here, just, here that would be you know a couple hundred thousand, but it's just oh, because yeah. 
everybody's left. Like that's the industry's completely died there. Um, there's wow. still some organized crime there. Like there's still this place that they call Murder Park. But oh. I mean, like if you go to Youngstown, it's not dangerous. It's not scary. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I'm from Toledo, Ohio originally, so I'm not. And you know, I've I've been to Detroit, been to you know, sure. I'm not saying I'm like I grew up on the tough streets or anything like right, that, right. but I know I'm familiar with it. I know what a dangerous area is and what isn't. So, yep, same with living in Chicago area for nine years. That's, yeah, you no, know, and I've been to Columbus too on business, and you know, yeah, I can see how you know there's some tough areas there too. You just learn where to go and where you don't go. Those no go zones, right? So. Yeah, <laughs> and some areas like people think are tough, but they're really not that yeah. bad. I think if you stay out of if you stay out of like selling drugs and stuff like that, most people don't bother you. I mean, they, <laughs> that's they, true. They really don't. And I think, you know, I the only time I ever had my car almost attempted to be broken into was when I lived in Toledo, mm-hmm. and I lived in a nicer area in Toledo. Like I lived mm-hmm. in an area like a nicer apartment complex. So of course, they yep. hit my neighborhood and tried to rob all of our cars because we actually had nice stuff. Right. So, so, so you're, um, to change subject a little yeah. bit, um, circle back a little bit. You are taking Curtis Stone's course right now. Yes. And once you buy it, you're always a member, a lifelong member. Correct. Um, what do you think of the course? I think it's great. Um, I haven't even completed it yet, but there's, there's okay. so much free information. I think, I think though, what's really, the, the nice thing about it is, is like in the group, um, you know, when you join the course, I mean, it's, you're with, you're in with, with everybody else that has the course and you can really lean on each other and you use each sure. other to inspire each other. I mean, there's some really, there's, I mean, it's not just like me and Scott that are in that course that are, I mean, like there's people that are doing really well. Um, there's, and so it's, uh, it's really inspiring and it's really cool to, that there's a, in a sense, it's kind of a, a, a club and yeah, because yeah. When we were at uh, um, Permaculture Voices, there was a lot of us there that are in the course, and we immediately all bonded. Like, oh, you're in the course too. Oh, awesome! What, you know, what are you farming? So, um, it was it was good times. I mean, I I think that I mean, there's so much information in there, and they're always updating it. Um, Curtis and Luke, and mm-hmm. so like this year, like you know, Curtis is always trying new stuff. So whatever he tries that's new, they're gonna update the course for what what he likes better, what he thinks is better. So um, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of the course. I'm an affiliate on my website. So if you guys, you know, if people are interested or you, you go to Curtis's, uh, if you watch Curtis's videos or you've read his book and you want to take his course, you actually save a hundred dollars through my website. So um, I'll give that a shameless plug right there, but absolutely. I, uh, the course has been incredibly helpful. I mean, you know, you have head cam video of Curtis Stone doing yep. everything he's doing on the production wow. end. Um, Even more than the YouTube stuff, then he's walking yeah. through all kinds of stuff. Oh, yeah, wow. the YouTube stuff is good. I mean, the YouTube stuff, I mean, you can still, I still watch his YouTube channel. Like his, because I mean, it's just what he's doing newest. What's the newest thing he's doing? And um, so we, uh, it's, it's been um, it's pretty cool. Like I, I'm a big I'm a big advocate of the course. Uh, there's a lot of like Eric Schultz is even in the course. Who uh, he's from Steadfast Farms. Mm. So Eric Schultz he's uh, he's he's been on like the Farmer to Farmer podcast and everything. And sure, he's, he's he's a member of the course. So um, 
Yeah, I, so it's worth it's worth the money. That's where I oh, was heading. Oh yeah, with that. it's way it's it's. I mean, you get a lot more value than a thousand bucks for sure. Yeah, right? I'm a I'm a big fan of it. So I mean, that was the whole thing with Scott's and my podcast was you know part of the course is having an accountability partner, and I didn't really have one. And Scott was in the course before, but Scott and I became friends because when he launched his Kickstarter, I. I just had on um, like I, I just had on Curtis and I'd had on uh, JM and then I had Paul Wheaton on and so Scott Scott had like listened started listening to my podcast and then he knew I was a podcaster from the course and we were friends from the course and he was like hey can I come and do your show and promote huh. my Kickstarter and I was like yeah man nobody ever asked to do my show so that sounds great. <laughs> And so, well, you got a second guy there too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, now things have actually changed now. Like things have like progressed quite a bit because I, I didn't really have a focus with my podcast. Sure. And then when I really started doing farming and transitioning from comedy to farming, um, which I'm, I'm not a comic, but I'm just involved in the comedy business. You know, I really started in, in also like volunteerism. Like I really started getting people who. I got like really positive feedback and really people that wanted to get involved. So, um, but back to the course. So the accountability thinks so you're supposed to have an accountability partner where you talk once a week. And when we were at PV3, Scott was just like, you know, it was me, Scott, and Luke Callahan. And he was like, uh, this is, I had this idea that, you know, we should just record it as a podcast. And I'm like, yeah. Dude, that's a great idea. So that's what we've been okay. doing. So, and actually doing that podcast has helped me. Like, I used to be really irregular with releasing episodes. Like, it's been tougher recently for me just because um, uh, this one podcast I just put out today uh, was a, it was a, it was a pain in the butt to edit. But oh, um, yeah, but yeah, man. So I, um, I hope that that all makes sense. So it does. It does. It totally does. So. And uh, let's see. There's another Ohioan that's. Uh, I think that was at PV3 too. Um, there's a that few Rob, of us. Rob Kaiser, yeah. Rob Kaiser, yeah, yeah, yeah. He Rob, looks like a cool guy. <laughs> Rob, Rob's a super cool guy. Rob and I were roommates, and Rob, Rob was on the show too. Rob, uh, Rob was heavy in the. He's in the. He's in the course as well. Um, cool. Rob, uh, he actually used RCS to to build this huge high tunnel. Um. Yes, and he maxed. And he was on out. The survival podcast talking about that too. Yeah, that yeah. was a sweet build that he had. I yeah, really he was that. also on. Uh, he was actually on the Urban Farmer podcast too on Permaculture Voices. So, yep, Rob's. Uh, and he's been on. He's been on the Sample Hour too. The best podcast out of all of them. No, I'm just teasing. There you go. <laughs> awesome, <laughs> Rob. Uh, yeah, Rob and I actually got kind of drunk, and we were just talking about Rob's story. Um, yeah, Rob. I just hung out. I just saw him last weekend. Uh, he's a he's a, or two weekends ago. Like he's a he's a great, inspiring guy who just really tries to put put everyone. Out. There's so many cool people in small scale farming. Yeah, I think totally. once once you get into it and you really start getting the networking aspect of it and just reaching out because we're all for the same thing. Like we all are for you know, the decentralization of the, of the food. And it's not even a political thing. I think, you know, let's, let's get more, let's try to remove the political thing. I mean, I mean, decentralization of food is important. Um, yep. But you know, the systems that are in place, I don't think we should necessarily get rid of, I think we should still try to use those systems. Um, maybe just figure out a way to use them differently. Uh, yeah. Yeah, man. But, but uh, 
you know, but I think, you know, when you get involved, I mean, there's there's so many cool people that I've met. Um, even just at PV3, uh, I could I could spend the whole rest of the show just thinking of people. Um, yeah, and, and boy, that, that might be a topic for – because uh, Scott and I talk quite a bit about PV3 and, and everything, and that might be a whole other show, I think, because yeah. I, I didn't go this year, but man – well, I don't know. Looking if it's at all your be... podcasts, I'm going, man, that's a great way to get a bunch of podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> it's a great way to meet people. Yeah, I mean, it helped that I'd already had like Diego and Jack on, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and Curtis, and you know, JM and Curtis really liked me, like me, so that helped out too. So I think once yeah. you once you do a podcast with somebody, I mean, we were talking before the show started. So you know, when I started the sample hour. I didn't really know why I was starting a podcast. I just knew I mm-hmm. wanted to be a podcaster. Like it was something like I had no creative outlet in my life. I was working for Verizon. I worked I was stuck in a kiosk um, when they were still Verizon kiosk and I was good at that job. So they wouldn't move me into a store where uh cuz originally I liked it there cuz I made more money. And then right. they then they changed our pay and they wouldn't let me out of the kiosk and I was just really depressed. Yeah. So you know, the podcast was the first thing that I did, you know, when I when I went those went, had those experiences and I had some help from some people like uh, I, when I first met, um, we were doing these. Uh, we did the when we did that comedy show party, there was mm-hmm. this guy there, Izzy Rock and Izzy. He had this podcast that was going on and everybody was just kind of getting started, like everybody was, yep. was starting to kind of bet on themselves so Izzy started this podcast called Tales from the Hard Side. And Izzy, from like one show to the next, like Izzy just started getting on all these people that I thought were super cool that had mm-hmm. been on like Joe Rogan's podcast, like Ari Shafir and Duncan Trussell and all these comics. And I was like, man, like that could have easily been me if I just had the balls to do it. And yeah, you got to have a little uh, tenacity, a little persistence and a, yes, cojones. <laughs> yeah yeah so um i had hit him up because i knew i was going to see him again and i and i was like hey so i bought my podcast equipment and then i i owned it for like a year and i didn't wow. do anything with it and uh and then i ended up buying different podcast equipment because i couldn't figure out how to put mine together and uh and it was just kind of i just really didn't even play with it like i was just an idiot and uh i was just kind of intimidated so then what happened next? So Izzy and I, and I was just like, Hey, I just want somebody to hold me accountable. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so we started doing it. My second episode was with him and that was back in like 2012. Wow. And, but since then, like I've changed so much as like a, a human being, yep. um, because it, like I always were, were, had this eclectic, uh, I always had like very eclectic interests in the sense, like I, I was interested in just just all these different things, but now I had a reason to talk to these people. Sure. So I just kind of started, like, when I first started the podcast, I just was kind of a fanboy podcast of uh, Rogan's. And okay. Then it wasn't very, and it wasn't like I just talk about his episodes, but it was really, it was, it was, I would just get guests on that he'd already had on, mm. and which was kind of boring. And then kind of regurgitate that that experience so yeah you hadn't found your voice yet you know no, exactly we we talk about that all the time me and another buddy um uh, finding your voice and and uh you know developing your content and developing yourself you know and yeah. figuring out what your niche is 
Yeah, absolutely. And and so, um, you know, so I'd started, uh, like, I went from, like, JRE's guests to, to really doing um, just a bunch of silly podcasts, which I don't even have out there anymore. If you subscribe, <laughs> if you subscribe on my website, I'll send you an RSS feed that has all the old podcasts. I mean, oh, yeah. might still be able to find it on iTunes. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like, sometimes it, I, I thought I turned it off. So I wanted to make it private because I don't want because I really want to build my website. Sure, and, sure. Because uh, I didn't have a website before or anything like that, and I just got started and I was just trying to figure things out. So I probably yeah. and I actually originally started with my brother, and then him huh. and I kind of had like a parting of ways. Mm-hmm. And I I I'd just been doing this podcast with my friend uh, Jordan, and uh, we were just doing this thing called the Terrible Cast. <laughs> and and it was fun. Like we had a, it was like yeah. kind of a comedy podcast with him and I. And then like it just was, it, it just to me was kind of I wanted to do something else yeah. at the same time. And and he it was getting more and more difficult for him because he started having kids. And oh, yeah. so then I I started uh, I, I started reading uh, Zero Hedge. Oh yeah. And I'd had like. Uh, Davi Barker the, on who's the, the world is coming to an end and the, the society <laughs> and the cash and all that good stuff. I I know Zero Hedge well. <laughs> yeah, and then but there is one blog that was always pretty positive and it was Of Two Minds podcast or Of Two mm-hmm. Minds blog. And so I I decided like man I I st- unsubscribed from Zero Hedge on my Outlook at work and I just started reading uh, Of Two Minds from Charles Hugh Smith. So I had Charles on the podcast and. Um, him and I talked and just really hit it off. And <laughs> then Charles and I was like, hey, you know, it'd be great to do this once a month. And I was like, no way. All right. So then I had him on again. And I was like, hey, man, you know, like afterward, it didn't go as well. And I was like, you know, I'm just kind of struggling with what I want to do or where I want to take the podcast. And he was just always really um, supportive and just like, you know, just you're an entrepreneurial type guy. Like you see yeah. the world for what it is and you go after it. So just keep doing it and you'll, you'll figure it out. And so it's, it's been really cool. Um, yeah. Charles, that, that friendship's been um, really rewarding. Now we do two beers with Charles. Um, That's nice. And Charles I like and that. I, we have, well, it originally from this guy, two beers of Steve. So this guy, Steve Patterson had it. And then his podcast turned into um, a choice conversations with Chris Stefanik. And, uh, but Steve, (laughs) yeah, like, but so Steve, um, the reason why I kind of do that as an honor, like when I started, every time I've started to go down a different path or, or like my podcast has shifted, I'd like try to do research on a guest and it was like, oh, Steve's already had him on, like from, you know, Gino Denning or Jan Irvin to Charles Hugh Smith Mm -hmm. or Paul Wheaton, like he'd already had all these guys on. And I was like, man, like. Steve really was kind of ahead of his time. So I had Steve on and uh, Steve and I talked for a little bit and then he was kind of like, uh, we was kind of unbearing a podcast relic because he hadn't recorded since I think 2011 or 2000. Oh, wow. And so, uh, so then Steve and I, um, I hit up Steve and asked him if I could use the two beers uh, slogan. He said he'd be honored. So um, nice. But yeah, so now the podcast is really just focused on um, permaculture and small scale farming, and it's it's mm-hmm. been um, it's been a it's 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 been a it's it, when you were saying earlier about finding your voice, like I've really 
that's really what it's it's been for me is is doing that like i uh um the response and the interactive that i get from from different people and the nice thing with charles's blog is he falls right in line with that like he really promotes resilience and i've had i think he gardens i think he gardens oh yeah doesn't he he does yeah he's got a big community garden and then uh he actually introduced me to um, this guy, Marvin Motzenbacher. And Marvin was like a patent attorney who lived halfway or half the time in the U.S., the other half, developing this resilient community in Japan, like the oh silent in Japan. And wow. I've had, uh, yeah, I've had Aaron, Aaron YR on. Uh, he used to write for chrismartinson.com, but he's also like oh, yeah. a, a reader of Charles's blog. So Charles's blog is really opened up doors for me and yeah. uh did a lot of, i mean i feel like he's, everything with the podcast has he's so. he's yeah yeah he's a very intelligent guy i've read his stuff before too and, and yeah he just uh, released another book he's written like uh man i think he's written like 20 books since 2007 like is this his latest book why their status quo failed and is beyond reform yeah he just is came that, out with that yeah. last week oh wow and he, before <laughs> that like he had another one and so, uh, yeah, I got to listen to it and get them on to promote it. So, gotcha. But, um, but yeah, so really, I mean, yeah, you've had some interesting guests, man. I mean, uh, this is what episode ten, I think, or nine. Um, on so, yours, I think it's episode um, ten. Yeah, uh, yeah, for me, ten. Yeah, so woohoo! <laughs> just, I'm just starting down the path. But it's you're cool. doing. I mean, you're doing it though, man. I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's fun, man. I. I was, oh, it is. I was, uh, you know, it was cool to have you interact with Scott and I. Like, I, that was like kind of how I knew stuff was going on. Like, it was really a hit because I had people that I didn't even know. Like, because I, I thought you were someone else at first. And then you're like, oh. no, 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 my name's Tom. I don't know if you remember nope. that on Instagram. We were talking on Instagram. And, yes. And I was like, man, thank you so much for the compliments and the. It's been, uh, yeah. I, I, well, the, we'll revoke that. It's just Tom. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's it's been it's been cool. I'm looking forward to having you on yeah. my show to talk about oh, yeah. how you started your blog because you got quite the Twitter following, man. Yeah. Um, just yeah. Well, you you've opened it up. So I started <laughs> another a blog and, and, um, I just transitioned to this one this year, but man, I still look at the other blog and like, man, it really does pretty well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been a cool, you know, I got started in gardening, um, back in 2009, you know, and, and there's a whole story there. We'll, we'll save it for another time. We'll save it for the sample hour for sure. Yeah. 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 Um, So, um, it's it's fun though. Podcasting is a lot of fun because I, I think you really uh, you can get into some really neat topics, really interesting topics, and and just get people talking about what they what really drives them, you know, and get some passionate um, instead of ooh, let's have a long lecture on you know Egyptian history or something, you know, yeah. unless that's a question. But well, you know, something that when I talk about Charles and why he really likes talking to me is because he's like you know, new media is no different than other media like he mm-hmm. like and he's not saying that to be like disrespectful to them but he's like like you're you're different because you're doing stuff and then you have a podcast where you kind of talk yeah. about it but he mm-hmm. he sees me using my podcast as a networking tool and i think he he respects it and i think and you see that too like we were talking about it before like podcasting really is the best networking tool man like it's opened up it so many doors for me 
It's helped me mm-hmm. change my life. And now it's uh, it's weird because people, I think, forget that I have a podcast. Now people at work call me Farmer Drew when before they just <laughs> thought I was I was weird and I had this podcast and uh, they sure. didn't understand what a podcast was. My family still doesn't understand what a podcast is. <laughs> oh, yeah. My mom, uh, my mom's listened to one episode. My dad uh, used to listen all the time, but my sure. mom, it, she's not as good at technology, so... But yeah. uh yeah man so um yeah I don't know if you have any more questions if you want to wrap it up Um yeah uh just your vision for blogging podcast just keep on um refining your blog and keep having really interesting people on what's your vision where are you taking your podcast and blog in the next couple of years next 5 years or so Man I hope where's I could, it all going I hope I could make some money off it because I spend yeah. a lot of time I mean I that's not really my goal but at least yep. have my time compensated for it, and I think I'm, I'm starting to figure out how I really want to do that. Like I, I, mm-hmm. you know, studying Jack Spearco and oh, the yeah. Survival Podcast, I think is a blueprint for any. If you have a big podcast and you want to monetize it, straight up study Jack Spearco. Like I'm not, I would agree, even close to that dude's that dude's audience is it. It is actually on like. Just from like having friends that have worked with Jack with his podcast audience, and like when Jack like they do a promotion for his podcast audience, what kind of purchasing power? Oh yeah, that audience is. I mean, it's it's insane. And, yeah, uh, and I think like I have so much respect for Jack for that, and he's a really nice guy, really just a normal dude. Like I met him at PV three, but uh, so I think maybe I don't know. I don't think I want to be a full time podcaster, but. You know, the podcast to me, the sample hour is something that to me I can always rebrand um, yes. because it, it always has multiple meanings. So, but now that I have a really big focus, like a good focus, we're rebranding it now to really focus with, you know, I still want to have the lens of volunteerism and, you mm-hmm. know, be the, be the star of your own movie. But I yep. think, you know, small scale farming, I think, you know, permaculture and small scale farming, I think that's, uh, that's to me the way that I can make the biggest impact in my my life and possibly in other people's lives. So, you know, it's it's it was cool to um you know, come out outside a couple of weeks ago and see my neighbor tilling my new neighbor tilling up most of his backyard. And I, <laughs> I don't know if he planned that before or if he saw me when I met him I'm like, "Yeah, man, I just garden and I was building my hoop house and then Yeah. um so I mean that that's just cool. Like that's that's yeah. something that's cool. Like I've offered to help him and he's never asked me for help or doesn't want to want me to help him, but whatever. He's doing it. He's planting some food. He's he's as Ron Finley would say, he's growing some shit. So, yep. you know, I, I think uh that's it. I, I I can't foresee me changing what uh what my focus is. Um, you know, I maybe like I I want to get some video, like I'm working on some video now, like having some video with it as well, like yep. building the YouTube channel. Um, sure. But oh, you have a YouTube channel too? I do, but it's I have like two videos on there, and okay. it's not it were three videos. One is promoting a comedy show I did, and got it. But the the first cool video is going to be uh, it should be coming out soon. So awesome, good. Well, we'll keep uh, you know uh, I'll let my audience and and folks on small scale life and the other uh groups that i manage uh, um when it comes out i'll i'll make sure to to pass that around Thanks, too man. It, you know we're all we're all in this together and that's what i found too and yeah and 
you know, through podcasting, we're, we're collecting people, collecting, we're people collectors and we're also making connections. So yeah, hey, we're, they, all, we're all together. The internet's a cool place. I mean, there's so, it many, is. There's so many people that are owning totally. their own space and yeah. they can know nothing about somebody else that's just as successful or focused on the same exact thing. And then, you know, and then usually people, as long as people keep their egos in check, it's, it's yeah. fun. It's really fun. So, right, um, right. But yeah, so if people want to, if you guys want to come listen to my show and hear, not have to hear me talk, and but actually <laughs> hear me interview people and get other people to talk, I usually don't talk this much. So, no, no, you've done great. And I just had to sit back and listen because yeah. I thought it was really interesting. I tr- I'm like, listen to another podcast. This is awesome. <laughs> I, try to, I try to like, as a podcast guest or as a host, you know what the host is looking for. Excuse me, my apologies. That is no. not what the host is looking for. No, but, no, no. But we'll bleep that out. <laughs> oh no, you can keep it in there. I'm a. Yeah, I'm a, we might just I'm have a, to. It's real, yeah, man. It's, it's real. We'll keep it real. <laughs> I try to. I try not to edit anything out of my shows. But, um, anyways, uh, you know, I I try to bring. You know, I know what you're looking for. I hope. Yep. So that's what I try to do. But yeah, so I've had some really cool guests on. So if you guys want to check it out, and uh, Tom and I are really, it seems to be really into the same stuff. So. I Absolutely. hope I think you guys will enjoy it, but it's samplehour.com. Um and sure. like I said, if you want to subscribe to my mailing list, uh I don't even know how to use MailChimp, so I don't even know how many emails I'm gonna send you, but eventually that's part of the growth of the podcast is figuring out how to use MailChimp. Um nice. but uh yeah, so that's pretty much it. No, well, that was great. I I learned a lot and it's uh you know, talking with you and, and hearing other podcasters talk about you know, having all these guests on. I mean, that's something that I definitely want to do. And like I told Scott, I kind of laughed and my wife's like, well, you're not only going to have just urban farmers and urban gardeners on. Right. And I'm like, eh, well, we might. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, that, uh, we'll, we'll you know, we're that, expanding. I was going to ask you about that because yeah. there's more, the nice thing with a, with a title like small scale life is you're really not tied to farming. Like you could stay in that envelope and, uh, Figure That's, out some other stuff. You can get some people that build tiny houses or earth shifts. Or there's a lot of cool uh, wormholes you could go down. Well, and that's and that's what I was bumping into with my earlier blog, which was small scale gardening. It was so focused on gardening. It was like, well, what do I want to talk about? Weight loss or healthy living or frugal living or budgeting or something like that. Well, you know, let's make a shift. So that's kind of where, in a nutshell, where we've uh, where I've taken. Um, the blog and where at why I've started up small scale life. And, and what's cool too is uh, she's going to start plugging in too when she gets a couple minutes from her small business. So it's uh, there's a lot on the horizon and it's looking pretty cool. And uh, you know, with, with friends like you and Scott, uh, new friends, um, you know, we'll all do this together and we'll all build it together. I think that's pretty cool. So absolutely, you know. man. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on Tom. It was a, oh, an honor, man, uh, to be yeah. number 10 and uh, yeah. I hope people enjoy this episode. Oh, I I definitely think they will, and and thank you for being on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. And uh, you know, I would love to have you back on again when you have a minute to breathe and with your farming operation. You know, <laughs> see how you're doing, see yeah. how things are going. Um, you know, it, it's it's all good. You know, we'll share information and knowledge and and uh, guests and all that good stuff. So sounds good to me, buddy. Awesome. Well, thank you, Drew. You're welcome. There was a lot of information in this podcast. 
True has cultivated and grown his connections in the permaculture and urban gardening world through his persistence and networking. He certainly is connecting with people through his podcast and urban farm. Even his neighbor has started a garden. Just like Curtis says, get in production and others will be attracted to it. Please tune in to the Sample Hour podcast to hear more about Drew, Scott, and the other folks that Drew has interviewed. We appreciate Drew being on the Small Scale Life podcast, and I hope to have him on again in the future to talk about his blog, his podcast, and his urban farm. We wish him the best of luck this season. In the meantime, please continue to listen and rate our podcast. Please check out Small Scale Life blog. We are getting into growing season and I'll have a lot more articles and updates about my small-scale garden. Until next time, this is Tom from the Small Scale Life Podcast. Continue to learn, do, and grow, and we'll see you next time. Take care.